<laughs> ben Barnes, if you hear this, please email us your personal phone number. At so... murderrt at gmail.com. <laughs> and we'll get you set up with Shannon as soon as possible. So you know how I told you about my new Ben Barnes obsession? Yes. In case you don't know, Ben Barnes is the guy who played Prince Caspian in Narnia. <laughs> And he's been on a few shows since then. And I was re-watching a show he was on called Shadow and Bone. Um, it's... <laughs> and he just sprinted down the hall. Um, it's like a fantasy type deal, but he's like the villain and he's really hot. And he's like... <laughs> <It's just> all... <laughs> what was that again? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I found out that he could sing. So I went on Spotify. <laughs> Does he have an album? Yes. A cute little EP. And he sounds like Michael Bluble. And it is so cute. And I love him. <laughs> and he's also an equestrian. And I'm an equestrian. So I feel like we'd be the perfect match. <laughs> I commented on one of his Instagram pictures. <laughs> You're practically in. <laughs> He was like, um, he like had a, a show in LA and then one in like New York, a little show. And I was like, what did you say? <laughs> Come to Nashville. Thanks with a heart. <laughs> <laughs> so basically we're married, you know, no big deal. Like the papers are coming in the mail the end of this week. Yeah, even though there's there may be like a 15 year age difference, but I don't care. <laughs> I think he's like definitely like. Well, yeah, because when did Narnia come out? <laughs> he is. <laughs> Watch him be older than like Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm going to kill myself. He's 41. That's like not too bad. Years. Yeah, that's not too Listen, bad. Listen, okay. For him, we can do, 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 do it. We're in like our late 20s, so. Yeah. Uh, I love him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have these weird spells, guys. Don't worry. In a month, I'll be obsessed with a different actor. It was Tom Hiddleston for a while. It's always been Jake Gyllenhaal. There was another one that was like, I like watched like all of his shit. Like I just like. Oh yeah, crazy. I'm trying to remember. Oh, Killian Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Welcome back to another thrilling, super exotic, exciting, never been done before episode of Murder Road Trip with Shannon and Troy. Hold on to your boots, kitties, because it's going to be a rough one. And I say that with no knowledge of what Shannon's even talking about. So This one is actually not the best one, but oh, we're well, still in Missouri. Hold on to your do. boots, kitties. It's going to be a rough one. <laughs> and I apologize for not having a episode last week. <laughs> I was five miles deep in the Alabama wilderness. Something just touched my back. 
the Alabama wilderness. <laughs> I did that. I did not like that. That was weird. Are you Shannon's house is officially haunted. I'm not. No, this like, is like the I... third thing within the last two weeks that's been a little off. Unless it was my shirt. Maybe it was Kitty. I didn't know Kitty now has hands too. <laughs> yeah, really tiny Kitty hands. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to ignore that, and I'm just going to pretend like it didn't happen. Period. <laughs> so, today we're going to be talking about a uh, kidnapping gone wrong. Um, it is As about opposed a- <laughs> to the opposite. <laughs> As opposed to a kidnapping going right, and they throw away the, <laughs> the person because they're too annoying. That's okay, fine. that's that's fair. Okay. Uh, but this one is um, about a kid, so it is rough brace yourselves don't worry we have a really fun time coming after the story so we'll all get a nice little (laughs) brain break all right you ready i'm ready sorry i had to cough i'm ready (laughs) so september 28th 1953 at the french institute of notre dame de sion in Ooh, Mary Logan Hastings. Oh my god. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> In Kansas City, Missouri, which I don't understand why it's called Kansas City. I don't know, man. I didn't build America. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we were not here for that. <laughs> anyway, um, a woman knocked on its front door, which was answered by a nun. Um, and this was a school, letting everyone know, just in case you didn't know by the institute okay. name. The woman frantically told the nun that she was the aunt of Bobby Greenlease, and he was six years old. And she is telling this nun that his mother just had a heart attack and she needed to take the boy home immediately. And the nun's like, First of all, all these nuns are French, so I don't know how well they, they know English. So it might yeah. have just been a frantic, like, thing. Total chaos. So Bobby Greenlease was the son of a very wealthy car dealer slash stock market holder who lived in the very well-off portion of Kansas City called Mission Hills. This woman looking uh, super upset, Sister Moran answered the door. Um, and you know, she got Bobby and she said that he went with the woman without hesitation and he even like held her hand out the door. Uh, the last time she saw this woman and Bobby was whenever they both got into a taxi at about 1130 AM on the same day, sister Martha Ann called the Greenlease home to see how Mrs. Greenlease was feeling because apparently she had a heart attack. So they're like, we got to make sure this woman's okay. And um, the person who answered the phone was none other than Mrs. Greenlees, who was not at any hospital, nor had she suffered a heart attack. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this woman who came to pick up Bobby Greenlees was not his aunt, but was a woman by the name of Bonnie Heady, who kidnapped the boy. And this kidnapping idea came from her boyfriend or just friend. <laughs> Carl Hall. And of course if you his name is remember Carl. from last episode, these are the two people 
that got executed together in the Missouri State Penitentiary gas chamber. Oh my God. Uh, We're bringing it back. Aren't you proud of me for doing this? this yes. No, that's actually like, that's cool. I mean, not cool. Cause like, why are you stealing kids? But like the connection <laughs> is cool. Yeah. So Carl. <laughs> of course his name's Carl. That's what I said. <laughs> Carl Hall came from a very well-off family as well. His father was a successful attorney, but Carl was a little odd growing up. Um, he failed out of college, and after this, he joined. What did he join, Troy? Can you guess? The army. The Marine Corps. Close enough. <laughs> and uh, where he got in huge trouble for constantly getting drunk at night. Wow. Um, was yeah, he was. Rhino. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> so he was an alcoholic, a bad alcoholic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, so when his mother passed away in 1944, Carl's, Carlton, <laughs> <laughs> Carl inherited $200,000. Um, yeah, so he ended up spending all of this $200,000. Um, he spent it all by 1951 um, from drinking, drugs, prostitutes, and gambling. Yeah, it, that like, is a really expensive that, lifestyle. That, I mean, but it took him like five years to deplete two hundred thousand dollars. Which let's see how much in nineteen fifty one. Let's see how much that was. Nineteen two hundred thousand dollars in kitty. When she passed away, nineteen forty four. Normandy invasion. No. <laughs> oh it would be about three million dollars. Okay, so he spent that much money in five years. Dude. Strictly on drugs, drinking, prostitutes, and gambling. He just spent all of it, but like I bet he had like Whoa. a hot like 25 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When his savings dwindled, he decided to start robbing taxis. Oh, <laughs> I don't okay. know. Obviously, he got caught and yeah. he spent some time in the Missouri State Penitentiary, home sweet home. Um, <laughs> and this is where he designed his apparent quote unquote perfect crime. Like, he literally right. thought this crime was like the tip top, like, no one was going to be able to like figure it out. Like, live it. Like, he was like really this, into it. This little kidnapping crime? This is little kidnapping. One? Yeah. No, he okay. spent a few years planning out this kidnapping crime that you'll see is a total and they still found him that's amazing that's... well oh my God. <laughs> just we wait it's it's so bad so while all this was happening bonnie Heedy was getting out of a super rough marriage and i do feel for her at this point in her life so she was in this marriage with a really awful guy and her husband forced her to have 11 abortions because he didn't want any kids oh my gosh so he literally forced her and i it didn't say whether she wanted ch children but obviously i feel like when the word force is involved yeah with the yeah there's it was no not, consent get given yeah so to deal with this she developed a drinking problem as well and she was drinking a fifth of whiskey a day oh my gosh um, and pretty soon she was addicted to alcohol she was an al alcoholic um in order to pay for the amount of alcohol she was consuming she turned to prostitution 
In April of 1953, Carl was paroled and he met Bonnie at a cocktail lounge uh, where he told her that he was in jail before for fraud. That's a really good icebreaker. That's a really great pick pickup line. <laughs> what are you here for? I was in jail for fraud. That's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> Pull my clothes off right now. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, that's a, that's very interesting that you would start with that. Um I... then well then he proceeded to tell her that she was very beautiful and blah blah blah. And pretty soon they moved into her home together. Um, and they had a common law marriage. And this was in like like they moved in together within like a few weeks. A few weeks? Yeah, like they don't even like what do you Mm. takes four years to get to know someone people four years anyway according to science i don't know (laughs) so now carl would talk quite frequently about abducting a child from a wealthy family giving a ransom note and getting a lot of cash for it like he was obsessed with this plan bonnie pretty much ignored it the whole time she's like okay carl (laughs) Whatever you say, Carl, let's get you to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Carl would drive them past the Green Lease's home. And he would be like, look at this wealthy family. And look, they have children that we could steal. (laughs) And get money. For money. Um, And that's like basically how he proved to her how wealthy these people were. I don't really know. Um, And some point he even called the Greenlees home and somehow got their maid to tell him the age of the children what where the they heck? went to school like all these like little weird details i have no idea how he did this bro fire the maid I, <laughs> are you serious yes i have no idea that's how he oh found out where like bobby went to school don't let maids answer the phone <laughs> <laughs> Have a screening. Um, so since the beginning of September 1953, Carl was extensively planning his apparent quote-unquote perfect crime. And he made sure Bonnie knew exactly what to do. Like he was like, it was like a test. Like every night they had like flashcards. And he'd be like, what do you do after this? What do you do after this? What do you do after this? Like, I'm just kidding at the flashcard part, but wouldn't surprise me. Babe, did you do your kidnapping Quizlet this morning? <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah so almost every night carl would go over the plan with her he would ask her what her duties were and he would correct her every time she would say something even remotely wrong like she could be like i get out of the car on the right side and he'll be like no you you stick your right foot out first and then you get out of the car i don't know i made that up but that's like kind of what i'm picturing end quote (laughs) and finally um bonnie was like um so once we get the child like what are we gonna do with it and carl was like um that's kind of up for debate right now you know like uh we can't give him back so he's like we're probably we gonna gotta find to something dispose of him <laughs> and bonnie's like perfect great let's do her it sounds oh yeah that's not yeah okay yeah Great. I'm on board, Carl. Completely on board. 
So now we're back to the day of September 28th. And this was the day that the plan was to take place. Uh, Bonnie immediately woke up that morning and wanted a nice stiff hard drink, but Carl wouldn't let her. And they're both alcoholics. I'm just saying like both of them are like hard alcoholics addicted. And I think they're both addicted like drugs. And Carl was like, listen, Bonnie, you need to stay sober for this so we can think clearly. We can't mess this up. We got to get that kid. However, <laughs> oh, no. like anyone who gets addicted to drugs or alcohol, you go through a cute withdrawal period. Yeah, that's so... what I was going to say. I was like, wouldn't it make more sense for her to drink? Because if she's that heavy of an alcoholic, I feel like it would be worse for her to not have it. Well, obviously, Carl wasn't that smart, so. For these purposes, at least. <laughs> um. So, yeah, like you said, Bonnie was still a mess. Uh, she was getting super <laughs> sick and she was dizzy and she was like, I don't know what to do. Like, my morals are being tested right now. Um, Carl even stopped at the drugstore and he bought her some nausea met medicine, um, along with some mints. So she didn't smell like alcohol. <laughs> Can't be going up to the nut nut nunnery smelling like the, the devil's juice and telling you immediate and try turn to away take <laughs> your quote unquote nephew home because your quote unquote sister <laughs> just had a heart attack. <laughs> immediate turn away. So after That's Carl so went up. and got her some drugs and med medicine, she was she went on her mints. He went over the plan with her once again. Probably for like the hundredth time. Like, I don't know how Bonnie like didn't hit him in the face and be like, dude, shut up. Like, <laughs> like, shut up. I don't know how that didn't give her like enough time to be like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Like this. You know what I mean? If you're... She did have months and months to thoroughly think this through and be like, you know, maybe this isn't the best thing I could do with my time. Yeah, like, don't. <laughs> girl but girl was in love girl was head over heels in love for carl we've all been there <laughs> so bonnie set out to go to the taxi service station which i didn't know they had a service station i thought they were just like running around yeah right they don't have like a homeland they just like taxi <laughs> no apparently taxis have homelands just driving all day 24 7 they never stop they never no no, no. i mean i think they have like little like like barns <laughs> a long day <laughs> itty bitty taxi barns Aww. it's actually really cute yep. <laughs> anyway back to this taxi service day station um this is where she would of course get a taxi and she would go to bobby's school to collect him so now we're back to her knocking on the door the nun answers the door the nun's like what's happening and she told the nun about his sick mother and I left out some, some part. So here, so, uh, the nun asked her, um, if quote, um, if her sister was staying at St. Mary's, which was the local hospital. But okay. like I said, they were all from France. So they had super thick accents and Bonnie had no idea what they were saying. So she just started nodding her head and saying, yeah. <laughs> then, then. Great. The nun said, we should go pray for your sister. And Bonnie was like, oh my God, yeah. I just want to get this kid and get out of here. But of course she can't be like, no, I don't want you to pray for my sister. So <laughs> they all go to the little chapel and they all pray for Mrs. Greenleys, who was still perfectly fine. <laughs> but it's just like chaos. In you know what, now she's extra fine. <laughs> and now she's like, 
Well, now she's extra like fuck too, because now she went and prayed for someone who wasn't even sick and she's thanking their kid. I'm once again, pure chaos of this. Like, all right. So they all got done praying and Bonnie was like, all right, I really need to get my nephew. I really need to take him home. Like, this is a big deal. Bobby, where's Bobby? Where's Bobby? (laughs) So Bobby finally came to the office and, you know, they let him go with Bonnie and she took him to the taxi where they met back up with Carl at the drugstore who was in a station wagon. And apparently Carl's face lit up when he saw little Bobby, which is ew. Ew. And they drove west away from the city into a more rural area. And they did cross over into the Kansas line, which will be very important later on. Um, Carl pulled over the car once they got down a long lane behind some random farm. So, but by this time, Bobby's parents had alerted the police because they're like, uh, so this thing happened. My wife is fine, but our kid is gone. So, um, so around 8 PM of, uh, the night that Bobby was taken, they received a ransom note demanding 600,000 in exchange for Bobby's safety. I don't know how much 600,000 is. I'm not going to look it up again. Cause it took me a long time last time. It's a lot of money. It's more than 3 mi- mi- million. Wouldn't it be like, maybe like 9 million. I think it's more than that. Well, if 200,000 was three mil. And this was also in 1958. Oh yeah. That's true. Inflation babes. Inflation babes. It's the real thing. It really sucks. <laughs> anyway. Um, so the whole ransom exchange thing was a whole mess and it took multiple attempts for it to even remotely work. The note stated that the green leases were to drive down an intersection, which was described. It was a very certain intersection and they were supposed to put a white cloth on their antenna that would let the ransomers know the note was received. Then they would gather the money and put an ad in the paper stating M will meet you in Chicago this week, signed Mr. G. The kidnapper wanted to be called M. I don't know what it stands for. Probably like moron, but I don't really know. And also the ransom money had to be $400,000 in twenties and $200,000 in tens because Carl went the extra mile and was like figuring out how this was all going to like, like weigh in bags and he discovered that if you got um, more 20s, they're more heavy. So he was like, okay, we'll do we'll do 400,000 in 20s and 200,000 in 10s. That way I can carry the bags. So this is the plan that he spent four years thinking <laughs> about. This is the fruit of his labor. It gets better. After being imprisoned. <laughs> so along with this, there was the threat that if they contacted the police, the boy would be killed, which, I mean, that's like a normal ransom thing. Like, I swear to God, and- we'll do it. <laughs> I swear to God, we're going to do it this time. Right? <laughs> we're serious. And during the 50s, there were only really two well-known hostage situations. The big one was the Lindenberg baby. Unfortunately, this ended up with a child being killed. Um, and... 
any hostage, any hostage situation, it's a super de- delicate thing to deal with, especially if they want the victim back. Yeah. They like uh, one one wrong move, and the kidnapper could get pissed and then just snap, and yeah, you know it's all knows. over. Um, they also couldn't have Mr. or Mrs. Greensleys on the phones if because the ransomer did call like exchanging calls so they had a fan family friend mr letterman answer the phone because it was more of an unbiased you know approach to things and he wouldn't get as mad as if like the dad answered the phone and like started right. like, threaten yeah um so after the whole antenna thing um 36 hours later 36 hours later 36 hours later let me repeat after that the again thing? the antenna thing when they drove their car down the intersection oh, with, they, the with, a, with the little with the little yeah um they got a call from mr m mr letterman answered the phone and mr m asked if they had secured the funds um and apparently he had a super low mumbly voice um but mr letterman said that they were getting the money t- t- together and would drop it off at the appropriate spot mr m said to leave the money underneath a bridge and once he collected the money Mr. M would call with instructions on where to pick up Bobby. So they did just that. Um, they left the money under the bridge and Mr. M did call and said that they received the bag and that instructions on where to find Bobby would be sent to, to them. Except these instructions never came. Um, when Carl and Bonnie stopped at the random farm, Bonnie gets out of the car and allegedly Bonnie like had her dog with her this entire time. I don't really know. Um, but the dog like gets out of the car and like runs away and Bonnie's like, we've got this dog. So she chases after it. And while Bonnie is gone, Carl attempts to strangle Bobby with some sort of ligature, but it doesn't work because it's too short. So instead he gets out his 38 caliber handgun and he goes to shoot Bobby oh through the car, but apparently he didn't want to look. So he just aimed and fired. Oh and God. he did shoot Bobby. He hit him, but he didn't kill him. So this poor kid is like, first of all, he's six years old. And now he's like completely probably like, I don't even know. I don't know what he could even be. They, 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 thinking but he's like not mortally wounded so he's probably like bleeding everywhere and oh my god carl looks him in the eye and shoots him in the temple (gasps) a six-year-old so here's the thing so bonnie and carl bonnie did know that they were going to dispose of him she did know that something was going to go down but she was told it was going to be in a peaceful way so when she heard the gunshots, she was like, what just happened? Like, he said, hold the this fuck was up. not part of the plan, which killing a child or killing anyone should never be part of any plan. But she was like, bruh, like, we did not discuss that. Like, no, yeah, that was not a thing. So she like runs back to the car and Carl is wrapping Bobby's body up in a blanket. And... Um. They like, he casually puts the dog in the car. The dog like lays on the blanket too. Like, it's like 
I don't even like. I can't. I'm gonna throw up. That's like, like literally what. Oh, it gets worse. Great. And then they go back to their home and they place him in a grave that they dug for him the night before the kidnapping. So okay. They already had this grave dug. Okay, Bonnie, I have a question for you. You were digging a grave with the love of your life the night before you even, like, you know, did the little fun little cute little kidnapping. But you had no idea it would end like this. Okay. She knew she knew there would be a murder. Oh, she just assumed it she would be She knew that like, there okay. was going to be some okay. sort of disposal of a body, of a corpse. But she was told it was going to be very humane. Humane, quote unquote. Yeah. Anyway, so they placed him in this three by five grave and they put quick lime on him. They covered him up with dirt and they planted some flowers on top of him so it wouldn't look sketchy that is so literally if, disgusting if anyone was like oh that's a weird newly dug size of a body place they'll they just said like oh no we just planted some flowers gross um so after that whole thing happened is when they sent the ransom note or the ransom call so Bobby was already dead. Like, it was already done. Before. Before they even got the money or anything. It was done. Yeah. Yeah. It was done. So they were just playing on these poor people's emotions. Uh, that, is, that is so disgusting. Yeah. That is so sad. Um, So Carl and Bonnie, they have all this money. And Carl is convinced that if they stay where they are, they'll get caught. So they head to St. Louis. They book a place at this bougie apartment type thing. And Carl is just spending all this money and he is like flaunting it. And I mean, like, it's not like, like he has stacks of cash. Like that is sketchy to see anyone out and about with a handful of cash. Like that is like, literally, especially in like tens and twenties. Like that's like weird. Yeah. Trying to conceptualize the amount of bills you have. If you're getting $600,000 in tens and twenties. Well, I'm sure he wasn't like holding the entirety of $600,000, but he was definitely had a lot of, he had a lot of cash on him. So this cab driver notices him and this cab driver is a member of the mob. So this, mobster cab driver is like coincidence he's like why does this man have so much money and why is he just like throwing it around everywhere so the mob taxi man um is friends with policemen and he's like hey i think this dude like stole some money i want to go check that out so the policemen go and um they like knock on carl's little door they're like Carl, Carl, where'd you get this money? And he's like, I don't have it. He's like, I can't really like lie about it. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> they take it, they confiscate it. And um, so the Carl put the money into separate metal suitcases. Um, but when they got to the police station, only one metal suitcase was brought in. So now there's like this whole conspiracy theory that like the mobster took the other other one. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but any anyway. So like I said, Carl is um 
not like I said. Um, Carl's trashed right now, right? So he's been like on a binge for like a few, a few days. So he's like not yeah. with it. So they're trying to like get him to talk and he like simply cannot form a sentence. Um, and at some point he like gets violently sick and starts like throwing up every everywhere. And then he gets super dehydrated. And at one point they like have him on a stretcher and they're like giving him an IV and they're like, dude, oh just God. tell us what happened. And it was a huge mess. And eventually Carl's able to get the story out and, you know, he does tell them what happened and he throws Bonnie un- under the bus. And of course, of course, Bonnie's like, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> I'm innocent in this mess. And they're like, uh, not true. We know you're lying. And eventually Bonnie also gives a um, full confession, which was 63 pages long. <gasps> oh my God. And you can find it. I'll, I'll link it. You can find the whole confession. It's very interesting. Dude. Um, so technically since the murder took place in Kansas, it was a federal offense. So they were both given the death penalty and they ended up in i can't remember the name jesus missouri state penitentiary i was gonna say that but i was like that sounds too easy from last episode (laughs) full circle moment so they were allowed to eat their last meal together they had some fried chicken um and they also had an hour of alone time together without supervision so Um, we all know what happened there oh boy okay (laughs) that's gross um, they were both executed in the gas chamber together, side by side, by cyanide, a true love story, if I might add. Um, and apparently, whenever the cyanide tablets were dropped in, Carl took a deep breath immediately, and he died. He died. died. Like, oh. But Bonnie apparently, like, held her breath until she, like, couldn't anymore. Like, she was somehow going to escape this this gas chamber. I don't know. But she was she like, like, no, 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 guys, you don't understand. I'm literally innocent. She's like, I had I nothing to do with it. Yeah, so she, like, held her breath until she couldn't anymore, and then, obviously, she had to breathe, and then she, like, died. So, deuces. Um, after this, Bobby's family um, did a lot of charity work in his name. They donated a lot of money um, to different organizations, and they had a high school named after him. And they even have various parks named after him now, too. So that is the story of the abduction and murder of Bob. Any comments, questions, concerns? No, I just think it's disgusting. I feel like that's all you ever have to say. I mean, it's true because it's always just disgusting. Like, I don't know. And like sad. Like, what the like literally was the money worth it? Obviously no, because you got gassed in a fucking penitentiary. You know what I mean? They literally, yeah, they didn't get gassed. Like, like yeah, like it was like great master plan. Just the fact that he spent like four years planning this and like it was so bad. <laughs> it was terrible. Not that kidnappings are good, but stupid yeah just not the smartest stupid where the you said they made they named some parks after bobby where are they Uh, are they like all in missouri Mm -hmm. okay they're like um i think the town is called like saint joseph's or something like that okay so they're around there um and they like i think they donated a lot to like the school and stuff and yeah yeah 
So little Bobby. That is so sad. I know. And the fact that he like held her hand walking out, like he like had no idea he was six. No. He was like, okay, I'm gonna go with this nice looking look. Like she looked normal. Terrible. Now it's time for fun facts about the Oregon Trail with Troy. The portion of the show and Troy will tell us super fun facts about the Oregon Trail. And we might even get a quiz. Here's hey. <laughs> All righty. So we can't talk about Missouri without talking about the Oregon Trail. With super not fast facts this time. <laughs> What'd you say? Remember last time it was like super fast facts. You're oh, just like spitting right. out facts. <laughs> Do you remember what website that was? No. Perfect. Anyways, we're back with Troy's personal favorite, Ranker.com. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so this is actually the grisliest deaths on the Oregon Trail. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to see if I can find some of them were like kind of like, you know, like, oh, yeah, it was the Oregon Trail. Of course they died like that. Oh, um, so I'm like gonna see if I can getting run over by a wagon, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boring. <laughs> <laughs> Try something new, guys. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> um. So this one kind of goes back to the like. What's I can't think of the word. Like the falsities that like all like they, how they say like all of these natives killed so many like oh, immigrants going in, and that's like me about that hmm? Mackenzie corrected me about that she's she knows a lot about Native American history and I said that the natives were pushed out of that territory that that time they were not they were still there they just didn't really do anything uh, a lot of them actually helped the settlers yeah like Mackenzie said that a lot a lot of them weren't pushed out yet they just didn't really care they didn't really do anything not that they didn't care they just didn't they weren't it depended on the tribe right what she said so clarifying sorry to anyone out there that (laughs) thanks kenzie thanks kenzie so this is i'm just gonna read part of it so this one is about the whitman massacre and so the the Whitmans were, at least according to Ranker.com, they were like the first, had led the first party across the Oregon Trail. Oh, that's interesting. Um, And they like established a mission there. So I'm assuming like, I don't know if they like set up a church. Like, I don't know. It's some, yeah, it's the, the whole Christianity thing that they yeah. were trying to do. Yeah, and the natives there, like, they immediately became, like, they did not like these people for whatever. There's not a whole lot of detail, so I'm sure, like, more stuff went down. Um, well, it's I bet they were trying to, like, shove religion down their throat, and they're like, we yeah. don't have any identity with uh, this, so please leave us alone. No, yeah, like, we, we've we been here, like... Bruh. <laughs> bye. Um, so there was just, like... A lot of attention there. Um, so then finally, this tension finally like 
broke not broke but like exploded when there was a measles outbreak in the local community so wonder who caused that no yeah so the native tribe there um i don't know how to pronounce it c-a-y-u-s-e cayuse cayuse yeah the that tribe i'm so sorry if i'm pronouncing that wrong um Kenzie, um, they confronted Marcus Whitman because they believed that he and like the like the their little group of travelers brought like substances there to like kill them. So like they thought that these people were trying to get rid of them. So they they battered the him. Natives. The yeah the the tribe. Um, so the tribe thought that they brought something, which they, I mean. Yeah, yeah. The tribe thought that the Whitman band brought some things. So to like combat this, they battered Marcus with a tomahawk. Audi out. And they shot Narcissa, who was, I believe, his wife. Narcissa. I forget that's like a real name. I only right. know that name from Harry Potter. So I like forget it was an actual name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So they got rid of them real quick. Just those two, or did they actually like the rest of the family too? I'm guessing they took out. I'm assuming so. That's all that this little website says. Well, I doubt that they would leave. I don't know. I can't speak. I don't know. But um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, that sucks. That one. Little Richard Harvey was crushed by a little wagon wheel because he got out and there was a speeding wagon that could not be stopped. Not funny. Not funny. No, I'm sorry. No, you're <laughs> me... sure, like, like on the highway and people try to pass you. <laughs> no, yeah. Just, like all these wagons, like the ones no, that are yeah. going too yeah. slow and they like go around. <laughs> yeah. What um, was his name? Robbie. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Harvey. Um he Richard, was like really young. he was get really out young. from underneath the wagon. No, literally. He was how old was he? He was only eight years old. Okay, well he should know better than to get in underneath the wagon at eight years old. Especially whenever you grew up in that time. Like you should like You should have known. You should have known better, Richard. <laughs> R.I.P. Richard. Um, let me see. There's a quote on here from someone. Uh it ain't from I'll Richard. just read the whole little blurb. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I'm on one tonight. I'm sorry, but not sorry. Young Richard was one of countless victims of a runaway wagon. Oh, it was just another pioneer. Recorded- oh, okay. I can't blame with him that a runaway wagon's different. Okay, so it it was yeah, literally. That- <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. No, it was like the the oxen or horses got out of control and were like, and then. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. poor little Richie was just in the way. I think. I think... suck oh my god oh my god yeah, that... <laughs> um but this pioneer recorded the his passing in a matter-of-fact manner saying he quote went to get in the wagon and fell the wheels run over him i think little richard went to get in the wagon and the wagon and that was running away <laughs> i guess i have not <laughs> or maybe he was getting in a different wagon something and fell out 
something happened with something i okay poor red richard rest in peace yeah literally and then this one also talked about the donner party <gasps> i want to do a whole episode on the donner party you which can I tell was... a little bit about it but i want to do a i don't know when i'm gonna fit fit fit, fit that in because I think it like happened in Nevada or something. So maybe when we get there, but that was real messed up. Those poor um, people. They, so this says it was, they reached the Sierra Nevada mountains in California Fuck. when winter, <laughs> when winter got there. And I'm sure most of you know about the Donner party, but like they didn't have like a lot of experience with like, outdoor survival because like who has experience with outdoor survival if you don't like live outdoors all the time yeah the only people that really had the experience needed to make those trips were the guides like they were like men hired to guide people out and like they're the only ones who really knew what to do and i think i don't even know if they had guides but something happened i want to do an episode on it maybe i'll fit it in here in one of the work or Oregon trail states but um the 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 leader of the group was looking at a map he had never been anywhere but he was like if we go this way it's faster but they had never like actually gone that way so they didn't even know if it was like doable (laughs) and then they also left two months late and they were like warned like they're like don't go that way especially now like you're gonna get smacked by like winter in the mountains and they got smacked by winter in the mountains in the mountains and had to eat their friends corpses to survive <laughs> and there was a lot of murder and a lot of cannibalism mm. <laughs> i do want to c- cover that though because that's a very interesting story Ooh. that sucks no for real like that Ew, like i always like i'm so interested by the oregon trail and like a part of me sometimes it's like oh that'd be so much fun to like be a pioneer and then i'm like no it wouldn't no, <laughs> like, absolutely- no i wouldn't know <laughs> terrifying so this one is kind of like more on like the psychological side of things oh god so like the it starts out saying long difficult journeys on the trail often led. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Often, I love that. Often left pioneers in fragile mental states and mental breakdowns with oh, terrible yeah. results. <laughs> I'm just going to read this one like off of here because it was kind of confusing and I'm still like a little confused as to Perfect. who they said did what. I can't wait. But so this is about Elizabeth Markham. And one day they're traveling along the Snake River somewhere in the Northwest. I've been there. Oh. We um, went rapid riding on the Snake River in Wyoming. Not real rapids because I was eight, so we couldn't do the fun ones. <laughs> because no one wanted me getting thrown out of the raft. That's like fair. That's really fair. But we went on the Snake River and it was cool. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Markham didn't think so. Oh, so Elizabeth, hey. <laughs> They're traveling along, and Elizabeth says to her husband, Samuel, and their five children, that she's not going anymore. Like, she's not going to go any further than where they currently are. So, Samuel, this says Samuel was forced to take the wagons and children and leave her behind. Oh, my God. 
Um, but he sent their teenage son, John, back to retrieve her. Oh I don't know God. how far they went before he God, was like, John. you know what? Get out. Walk 14 miles back to get Ma. Like, I have no idea. Like, he probably how... gave him a horse. Probably. God, I hope so. <laughs> I, hope he didn't... <laughs> I hope he didn't, like, just, like, send him back there with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, John. Go Bye, Mom. <laughs> But so he sends her back, but apparently Elizabeth, like, returns on her own. Oh, wait, I get this now. The first time I read this, I didn't get it. She returns, I think, by herself. After John? Maybe. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. But so Elizabeth... did they, like, meet in, like, the crossing? And yeah. John's <laughs> like, okay. Um, but she returns, it says, on her own and told Samuel, her husband, that, oh... Oh no! I see where I mix. I see okay, where I mix. Okay, I'm ready. Now. So she does, I believe, come back on her own. She returns and tells her husband Samuel that she has beaten John with a rock. <laughs> I my mind. I think I have dyslexia or something. I think I, I read it backwards. I thought John had beaten her with a rock, and for some reason she was there by her. Anyway, so she beat John with a rock. So Samuel, the husband, raced back to rescue John. Oh, God. Promptly realized. <laughs> it's not funny. I don't know why we're so bad at this. It's not. It's just like, a, it's ridiculous. That's why I think it's really silly. I mean... um, so he goes back to rescue his son, John, and realized that his wife had set fire to the family's supply wagon. <laughs> <laughs> He left the supply wagon with her? Yeah, I guess. I... <laughs> he ran back to find her standing in the firelight with a demented oh, expression while no. other pioneers put the fire out. No, 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 no. no. When he was gone <laughs> to get John, she lit. Yeah, when he went back to rescue John from the beating, she lit <laughs> the supply wagon on fire not funny i don't know what <laughs> that'll show him <laughs> that'll show him i'll set our oh, you're all well-being screwed. <laughs> <laughs> then what happened did john live i uh, see i don't the the last part of it says that like accounts are like different so i don't think they actually really know what happened entirely <laughs> um some say he was never harmed in the first place. Others say he was beaten, but like was still alive. And others say that he just like uh, died. You know what I mean? Um, but Samuel and Elizabeth Markham, along with the other children, not John. Okay, if John's not on the travel anymore, he's dead. Okay, that's it's settled. Um, they continued on to Oregon. They had another child, Edwin, who became an acclaimed poet. But they Samuel had another was... kid. Yeah. What they gotta replace John? Yeah. Well, they Jeez. had five kids. Yeah, but they had another kid. Or does that mean like? Oh, I think they might have had another kid. <laughs> I don't like how any of this is worded. Ew, I don't like how how this man. He was like, "Dang, my wife child. is psycho and killed my son. Better pump one out. Like, <laughs> better get another one in there." Ew. <laughs> Samuel. Um, <laughs> here it is, though. He got laid one more time, and then Samuel set out for California alone, and Elizabeth never saw him again. 
funny, but <laughs> okay. That's a <laughs> that one takes the cake, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna stop on there and then we're gonna move on to a super fun activity. <laughs> God. <laughs> presented to you by buzzfeed.com. <laughs> We are not sponsored, but I will be using their quizzes at all times whenever I can. Um, should be sponsored. So we are going to try crossing the Oregon Trail. And BuzzFeed is going to tell us if we survived. Okay. Okay, so first I'm going to send you a screenshot. Of what? <laughs> You'll see when I send it to you. <laughs> okay, so... Or actually, if you can see... I don't know if it's gonna it's yeah, it's gonna make my screen weird. Did it want me to pick a horse? No, you have to pick a guide. Ooh, okay. So I sent you a picture. Okay. Please hello, settler. Welcome to the start of the Oregon Trail. Please hire a guide to take you along the trail. Native American. Now it's time to purchase your wagon. Am I gonna have to send you pictures on every single one of these? You should have already done that and then well, I didn't look at all of them. <laughs> that a pullable plastic one? A little plastic one? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want that one. I was just... <laughs> no, did you click on it? I did. <laughs> no, I didn't want that one. <sighs> I can choose again. Okay, let me see. I think I want the one, the black and white one in the corner, the upper left corner. The cartoon or the actual photo? The cartoon. <laughs> you may equip your wagon with one extravagant add-on. What will it be? A wash basin for monthly baths? Ooh. A 50-pound cast iron sewing machine? Absolutely fucking not. G.L. Patterson's patented private writing desk area for wagons? Quote, forget reality, end quote. Or a bed? Extremely luxurious. <laughs> the wash basin. That's the lightest thing I feel like. Okay. And you're off. Please select the shortcut you would like to try. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the Utopian Pass, formerly Donner Pass, but has been recently rebranded for PR purposes. <laughs> Sightseer's Slope. Disclaimer, not actually a shortcut. Takes about five months longer to complete and must purchase tickets. Fun Time Valley. The abandoned set of a spaghetti western, turnaround ridge, or makeout hill. Teen pioneers only. <laughs> uh, let's do. Uh, let's, let's do turnaround ridge. Those aren't even real, except the Donner Pass that was changed for PR purposes. That's so funny. <laughs> okay, what do you do for entertainment along the way? Converse in the river. Fully clothed, mind you. No tomfoolery shall be tolerated. Number two, fill in your, quote, animal parts activity boat. Boat. <laughs> <laughs> fill out your animal parts activity book for the fourth time. Fake dysentery so you get to stay inside the wagon. Watch <laughs> Buffalo Kiss. Watch Mr. Price <laughs> duel Mr. Hoyt or bury Mr. Hoyt. <laughs> Watch them duel. <laughs> That's something I would do. This is actually like really funny. <laughs> that or I would fake dysentery for sure. 
That's the one I thought you were going to go with. All right. What has been your greatest obstacle on this mighty journey? Number one, the four baby ghosts that keep appearing on the trail and telling your wagon to train to go in four different directions. Number two, Pa getting thrown in wagon jail for stealing provisions. Number three, the subpar dining experience because you were forced to leave behind your Le Creuset cookware. Number four, the Pearsons who keep trying to get ahead of you, but like in a really passive aggressive way. Pearson. Number five. Pearsons. <laughs> Wait, what's number five? Bar I want to hear Baroness Whipple's stagecoach slowing everyone down. Or number six, Clara's back talk. That's <laughs> really funny. The, what do you yeah, say? Yeah, the passive aggressive wagon. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> You're about, oh my God, this is so long. It says we're about three fourths of the way there, but the terrain has suddenly gotten very hard. What do you do? Number one, stress eat. Number two, <laughs> give up, build a house, and hope the Transcontinental Railroad becomes a thing. <laughs> Number three, distract your family with tall tales. Number four, finally take the time to mourn Dale. Aw. Um, I would probably tell stories. Or just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, you survived. Story. I did? Yes, you survived the Oregon Trail. You had many setbacks, hardships, and close calls, but you persevered. Now all you have to do is start an entirely new life in the wilderness. Good luck with that. <laughs> How would you have died on the Oregon Trail? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. You need to get this. <laughs> You need to get supplies. Do you spend all your money now or save some for later? Spend it all. Get in the way you're losing. Loser, we're going shopping. Save some for later. What if we run out of stuff? I want to be smart and say save it for later, but you and I both know I would spend it all now and say get in, loser, we're going shopping. You would. Is that, is that what you want? Yes. Oh, God. All right. Um, how fast would you like to travel? Fast. There's 106 miles to Willamette. We've got a full tank of cows, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark out and we're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the, or, well, it's not a race, but let's not overdo it. Okay. Um, I would, I would probably go slow because I would be anxious and scared. This, we, we got a half tank of cows. <laughs> How cautious are you? Not at all. No one got ahead by avoiding risks. I like to assess everything first. A snake, a cow, the air. What did she say? Don't ask me to do it again. No, what was, what was the last one? Eek, a snake, a cow, the air. Ah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> a thief steals half of your food. Do you cut back on rations or keep rations the same and hope someone has food to trade at the next outpost? Um, The first one. Cut okay. back on rations. Perfect. Rains have flooded the river. Do you <laughs> wait a few days to see if the situation improves or caulk the wagon and try to cross? Time's a-wasting. I would wait. There's no way. <laughs> you had too much anxiety over that. Some of your team has come down with a fever. Do you 
stop for a few days so they can get rest and give them extra food to help them get better. Or we don't have any food left. <laughs> forge ahead and hope for the best. You can't afford to waste the time or the food. That one. Ugh. Troy. Tough crown. Oh no. You don't think you're going to make it to the end before winter comes. Do you drive a little longer each day in the dark or try to get some more winter supplies? Mm, let's get some winter supplies. You're beginning to worry that you're lost. Do you go up ahead alone to investigate the way or continue on with your team hoping it's the right path? Team, there's no way I'm going by myself. <laughs> you're almost there. Only one last problem to deal with. Choose your own disaster. A thief steals your medical supplies. You've come to another flooded river. You don't know what happened to the map. It's necessary, but really hard to navigate in the dark. You fell from the wagon and think your leg is broken. You can't find Bob, but Jeff is looking suspiciously well-fed today. I can't find Bob. <laughs> you died of cholera. <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> but the good news is you didn't die of drowning or snake bite. Woo! Yay! The Oregon Trail! Oregon Trail! And rest in peace, Bobby, because I still think that's really fucked up. Why do you... To recap, don't steal kids. Don't steal kids. Don't have cholera. Don't go under wagons. Just don't do it. Just don't do it at all. Don't smash your son's head in with a rock. Don't don't catch your supply wagon on trail... trail. Don't catch your supply wagon on fire. Unless your husband deserves it. Unless your husband deserves it. And then your husband will forgive you. And and anyway, it doesn't really matter. And then you'll never see him again, but you'll have another kid. So, who's the real winner? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So thanks for listening. We hope you keep listening because we really enjoyed this. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate the support. We really do. Tune in next week for another episode. We put out episodes every Sunday, unless we don't get around to it. You unless can... Shannon's hunting in the wilderness. <laughs> You can find us on Instagram at Murder Road Trip Pod. You can send Shannon weird emails to murderrt at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever you can do on, on Spotify, wherever you find wherever you find your podcasts, wherever you prefer. And thank you so, so much for joining us in Missouri. I don't know why I have these scissors, but... I don't know why either. It's kind of scaring me. <laughs> okay, anyway, have a good evening, morning, lovely brunch. Evening. I don't know. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>